No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord reveals to Ezekiel the sins of Jerusalem. Consequently, He would scatter them among the nations and remove their filthiness from them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. Let's face it, most people don't like to be judged. Many people don't even want to know the truth about themselves. They would rather believe a lie than to be confronted with their sins. But what would we think of a doctor who knew that his patient had cancer and would die, but didn't say anything? Sin is a cancer, and if we don't deal with it, then it will most certainly destroy. Now, God chose and prepared Ezekiel to be his prophet. God told him that he was a watchman. Ezekiel needed to warn the wicked people to turn from their sin. If Ezekiel refused to do this, then those people would die, but Ezekiel would give an account for their blood. So God told Ezekiel now to charge Jerusalem with her many sins. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 22. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Now, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Yes, show her all her abominations. Interesting question. Will you judge? If there's one verse that people who don't normally read the Bible know, it is judge not that you be not judged. But there is a place for judgment. And certainly Ezekiel was charged by the Lord to judge the people. I think that sometimes we have gone to the other extreme in this. In our efforts not to offend people, I think that we often don't ever say anything even when they're doing things that are wrong or are going to be self-destructive. But the Bible tells us that really we're not to do that, that we are to exhort one another while it is still called today so that nobody is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And clearly, the the way we go about it is very important. In Galatians chapter 6, we are told, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So when it comes to judging sin, it's important that we judge those sins that really are spoken against in Scripture, and that if we do it, we do it with the right attitude. And in so doing, we can save somebody from sin and from death. Now, this is what Ezekiel was called to do, and so God said, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to confront Jerusalem with her sins. Verse 3, then say, Thus says the Lord God, the city sheds blood in her own midst, that her time may come, and she makes idols within herself to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. You have caused your days to draw near, and have come to the end of your years. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mockery to all countries. Those near and those far from you will mock you as infamous and full of tumult. 
So God's first indictment was that they had shed blood in the city of Jerusalem. They were violent. You have defiled yourself with idols. Now, they were guilty of offering their children as sacrifices to the god Molech. So here they were committing acts of idolatry, but also acts of murder. So the Lord said, you have come to the end of your years. Their time was up. God was done warning them, and now they would see before their eyes God's judgment. God would make them a reproach to the nations. They would become an object of mockery to those around them as they saw what the Lord did in judgment against them. Look, the princes of Israel, each one has used his power to shed blood in you. In you, they have made light of father and mother. In your midst, they have oppressed the stranger. In you, they have mistreated the fatherless and widow. So all of these sins were going on there in Jerusalem. They dishonored their parents, which, of course, this was a violation of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20.12 says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. But they also mistreated strangers, widows, and orphans. Now, God has a special place in his heart for these people who are often disenfranchised by society. But Exodus 22:21 said, You must not mistreat or oppress foreigners in any way. Remember, you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must not exploit a widow or an orphan. If you exploit them in any way and they cry out to me, then I will certainly hear their cry. So God was saying, look, you have not cared about these people and you've mistreated them. You've taken advantage of them. You've oppressed them. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. In you are men who slander to cause bloodshed. In you are those who eat on the mountains. In your midst, they commit lewdness. In you, men uncover their father's nakedness. In you, they violate women who are set apart during their impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. And another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. So God really lays it on them here. At first, they had profaned his Sabbaths. Now, the Sabbath was the Lord's special sign with Israel that they were his special people. And to profane the Sabbath by working on it was to despise God's holy things and defy his authority in their lives. They had slandered one another, bearing false witness so that people were condemned. Of course, bearing false witness against your neighbor was forbidden in the Ten Commandments. But they had done this and thus condemned the innocent. They ate on the mountains, eating meat that was sacrificed to idols and committing lewd sexual acts in the worship of their gods. They were also guilty of incest. It says here that you have uncovered your father's nakedness, meaning that you have slept with his wife. They were guilty of adultery against their neighbors. All of these sins were clearly prohibited in the law of Moses. In you, they take bribes to shed blood. You take usury and increase. You have made profit from your neighbor by extortion and have forgotten me, 
says the Lord God. Behold, therefore, I beat my fist at the dishonest profit which you have made and at the bloodshed which has been in your midst. So they were actually taking out contracts with hitmen to kill the people that they hated. They were charging usury or interest to their Hebrew brothers, which was something they were not to do. They had committed extortion, uh, using oppression or whatever other means to take advantage of people to extort money from them. You have forgotten me. Now that was really the big problem. They had put the Lord and his commandments out of their mind in the worship of these false gods. You know, there were no laws that went along with the worship of these false gods. And so they just became lawless. They did not remember God nor his commandments. And anybody that will do that, that will put God out of their minds and pay no attention to his commandments is, is destined for going down the road to ruin. So many of these violations were motivated by greed. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Greed itself is an idol, and the problem with it is as people fall in love with money, they forget about God, they forget about people, And this is what was happening. Their love of money had trumped God's commandments for them to love their neighbor as themselves. Can your heart endure or can your hands remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So God said, can you endure when I finally bring this judgment upon you? Will you still remain strong at that time? And of course, they couldn't. God said, I have spoken and I will do it. He had warned them for so many years through his prophets, through the law of God itself. And yet they had done nothing. But now, God would do what he had said. He would fulfill his promises and he would scatter them among the nations. Now they had desired to worship the gods of these other nations, especially as these nations had conquered other nations. They thought, well, their gods are more powerful than our gods, so we're going to worship their gods. And so God was saying, okay, I'm going to just give you over to those peoples and you're going to live among them and know what it's like to be apart from me. But he said, I will remove your filthiness. And we need to understand that the purpose of all of this was not merely to be punitive. It was so that God would be able to remove the filth from his people. And it was effective because when They would come back from Babylonian captivity. Never again would they turn to their idols. Through this, God said, you shall know that I am the Lord. And of course, that is really why God does bring judgment to a people who engage in wickedness and will not repent. God, in his mercy, will allow devastation to come so that people will know that he is the Lord, that he is the judge, that he does not let people get away with it forever. 
he is slow to bring judgment because he's not willing that any should perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance so that he might show them mercy. But where people refuse to bow their knee to the Lord, refuse to repent of their sins, then God will most certainly bring judgment in its day so that the people may know that he is the Lord. But my prayer is that people would come to know that he is the Lord, would confess him as God, would turn to him, would turn to his word so that God does not have to bring catastrophe. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, God, that you've given to us your word to warn us about the things that have occurred in the past so that we may take note, so that we may not make the same mistakes that they made. Father, thank you that you've given to us your word that is a a good law. There are good commandments that if we will do these things, we will live. But Father, I pray, God, that where we either individually or corporately as a nation have committed abominations and sins and wickedness before you, I pray, Holy Father, that you would grant to us a spirit of repentance, a spirit of godly sorrow that would lead to a change of heart. Lord, I pray, God, give us mercy as a nation. Give us mercy as a people. and Give us time, Lord, to turn to you that you do not have to bring forth judgment against us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see that the prophets, priests, and princes in Israel were all wicked. God looked for a man to stand in the gap so that he would not have to destroy the land, but he found none. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible.